0: The following is a hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Jared and Jared's Supermac Show, a hoop ball fantasy podcast. I hope I got that whole name correct. Uh, this is one of the early episodes uh, I am recording for uh, the HoopBall Network. Shout out and thank you to Dan Bespris. Uh, follow him on Twitter. He is the pod Father, and uh, he allowed me, yours truly, my name is Jared Urza, uh to record a podcast, um, which is sort of borderline insane because I feel like maybe the most niche, 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 A way to play fantasy basketball is to do a salary cap league. For those of you who are not familiar, this is not an auction draft, which I know can be called something else. That's just drafting and, and you have fictional money and then once you're done sort of bidding on the players you want, you have your team and then you just play normally. What I'm talking about is a salary cap league in which you are mimicking real life salary cap numbers the real cap, which I believe is $136.6 million this year, um, and you're using real player numbers, and you're managing a team as if you are a real GM. So everything has to be under the cap, under budget, and uh, it leads to a lot of really interesting scenarios where some of the best players in fantasy are not selected. Um, I've been doing this since college, which is about, oh jeez, I'm so old, 2000. Nine, I think was the first year I started doing this with uh, a couple of my friends from college and a few of them are still sticking around to play with me which is uh, exciting um, but I guess what I should do is sort of introduce the concept, explain it a bit for beginners, talk through some of the things that you have to do in order to make this work and happen because you really have to have a lot of buy-in and there's a lot of work outside of either ESPN or Yahoo or Fantrax on your fantasy, you know, the actual page and uh And then I'll get into some other fun stuff. Um, So I guess without further ado, let's just dive right in. Uh, You might hear the sounds of New York City uh, outside of my window. I am in the uh, Upper East Side right now. And uh, boy, they're just nothing but trucks and fire engines. And there was a DJ playing in the street. They blocked off the street to play some music. So hopefully none of that will uh, get close to my microphone. But um, yeah, so salary cap, fantasy basketball, which I guess you could also do fantasy salary cap football, although that might be a little more dicey. Um, with basketball, it's a lot simpler. People understand the numbers, they understand the cap, they understand um, all, all that a lot better. It's just more concrete, you know, having a lot of those numbers. People talk about the deals a lot of players signed over the summer. We might get into a few of those. Um, so essentially what you're doing is you have to pick a source that you trust. ESPN.com, uh, we use SpotTrack, um Hoops hype, any place that you trust, you have all the team's numbers for the year and years going forward, and you use that as a sort of bedrock. That is like your sort of Bible of, you know, the numbers of how much each player is getting paid. And you have to kind of keep track in a Google sheet or, or on paper or somewhere. You have to keep track of every team who is playing, of how much all their players who they, they draft and are on their team when they're making ads and drops, are they over the cap? Are they over the number? Um, you can get into luxury stuff and, and tax stuff. You can get into what the punishments are if someone goes over the number. You can set a you know a floor like a. You can do all sorts of fun things with with the salary curtain or the tax curtain, whatever it's called. Uh, we just try to keep it simple. Um, I don't think anyone has ever gone over the cap for that long. Maybe someone might have just you know fudged some numbers here and there by accident. Um, we don't really go too ham in punishing people who go over the cap, I think they might just lose whatever fantasy points or stats they accumulated that day if they're over. Until, um, That's typically how we, we do it, and by me I mean this insane league that we, uh, me and my friend started in college. Um, based off of a Bill Simmons article, might have mentioned this once or twice depending on which of these episodes go first. Um, a Bill Simmons article on Grantland about how he was attracted to the idea of a fantasy basketball league where Kobe Bryant was on the waiver wire the whole year because he was too expensive, and that that appealed to him, and that's what appealed to us. Um, so that's basically the framework you're working with. You pick your fantasy um, you know, site, and you pick your place where you want to get your numbers from, and you have some sort of a record for everyone to look at what team is over or under the cap. You know, everyone's team and, and how much each person is making and um and you figure out what the punishment is if anyone accidentally goes over the cap there are some other things to worry about um, there are a lot of guys who will get signed to deals 10-day deals uh two-way deals all sorts of weird things sometimes they won't be making any money sometimes they'll be making fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars it's very hard to pin down a lot of these weird dudes like I think Gabe Vincent last year, like no one knew who he was. He wasn't in an ESPN, and then the Heat started him one game, and then like we had to figure out how much he costed because someone or it's not costed. That's not a word, How much how much uh, he costed because someone picked him up in our league, and so you might run into problems there. The most common number I've seen for minimum veteran deals, which I think is maybe a go to. To just if if you're not if you're not quite sure or they're not making enough or you don't think the numbers are right, one million six hundred sixty nine thousand one hundred seventy eight. So one six six nine one seven eight. That is the most popular number I've seen used for players who uh, like a Lamarcus Aldridge, a Blake Griffin. I think is up around there, maybe a little more. Paul Millsap. So guys like that, if if they're on a minimum. Deal. That's typically the number you're gonna see. Anus uh, Cantor is another one who's on that. Um, Jilla Okafor, I think, is on the Hawks. I think he might be getting paid that. Solomon Hill. So I'm just kind of going through my uh, my numbers right now, and that's typically, yeah, what you see. I think Stanley Johnson's on the Bulls now. I think he's making that taco fall on the Cavaliers. So any any sort of like deal that you just are just like, yeah, whatever. Frank Ntilikina's on the Mavericks, and that's, that's typically what you're looking at. Um, a few other rules to consider. Um, in my experience with a salary cap league, you are constantly dropping guys and adding guys. So there's a lot more flexibility you might need in your roster construction, in your positions. Um, you might need to make uh, it available to have more moves, more movement. If you want to do wholesale changes to your team, like just like drop your team and just add a new team, um, you might want to make that a little easier than other traditional leagues. Um, you might want to take a few weeks before the season starts to draft because it might be a little harder than just you spend two hours in a draft room and you get 60 seconds per pick because you have cap numbers to consider so that takes a lot more time because you really don't want to just draft a team of all-stars and then you're you know a billion dollars over the cap so it might be a little more hand-holdy a little harder than your typical draft thank you man driving a motorcycle outside of my window for making lots of noise. You are not obnoxious whatsoever. Uh, so that's how we typically do it. We have a Facebook group or Discord chat. Um, everyone has to basically, like, know what they're getting into in our league when we onboard new people. And then we do everything offline. So we, we take our time. We spend the month of October basically finishing the draft. It only takes, like, a week or so. Um, and uh, before we go into uh, some of the contracts that were signed in the offseason... And uh, and, and some more fun, nerdy nonsense. We have a rule that if a player goes to the IR or the COVID list, only half of their salary counts. We did this because it seemed too punishing for you to have your best player who might be the player who is, you know, the most expensive. Like, heaven forbid Giannis is out with some injury for a few weeks. You don't want to drop him. There are some guys that you might be willing to drop if you have Tobias Harris for some reason. You're paying him $35 million, and he gets hurt for an extended period of time. You might want to just use that money elsewhere, so you drop him, and you use the money to pick up someone else. That's way more clean. If you have Giannis or Carl Anthony Towns, and he's out, and you want to keep them, it's really punishing to be paying those guys the full amount and have them on IR because you literally might not have the money to find replacements, and that's probably the hardest thing about doing a seller cap league. So we in implemented a rule where you—they don't count for nothing, but they don't count for their full amount. So they count for half. That was the sort of compromise that we've stuck with because it works. Where you can get a cheaper replacement, you can get a—you can kind of—if you—if you're out, you know—if you have Durant or Harden and they're being paid forty plus million dollars, they go on IR. So you're only spending twenty on them. So you have twenty to play with. Maybe you get two guys who cost ten. Maybe you get a handful of guys who cost less. Try out some dudes. Or maybe you just spend twenty or $20 million and you just pick up someone else. Um, discussion-worthy rule you might want to set for your league. Um, but I highly recommend that uh, if you're inter- interested in just a lot of the news about the cap and how much guys are being paid, are they overvalued, are they undervalued, this is the best way to really get into that stuff because you watch it on on you know FS1 or ESPN all the time. You read about it all the time it seems like these numbers are such a big deal and they are because roster construction is so important and these contracts and the, you know, inflated values and the numbers and like, this is the best way to really get that stuff, you know, mixed in with your fantasy. Uh, it's the best of both worlds. So you can actually watch, you know, real world news, breaking news over the off season. And it matters that, you know, like you care more than just like, Oh, I have a, you know a roto draft coming up, and I'll just take whoever and hope they don't get hurt, and then bada bing, bada boom, um, which is very boring. So it's a lot more interesting to to actually not know what the the ranking is. Like there really is no the list. There isn't a definitive B fifty, B fifty one, B one fifty of um, of guys in salary. There really isn't anyone on the internet who, who's trying to figure out is it worth it to pay Giannis. 39 million i think he's getting paid this year or you look at michael porter jr who might be not putting up as many fantasy points but is only five million dollars that's way better value do you take him over Giannis? i think you might find out the answer in a bit because uh spoilers i started my salary cap uh fantasy draft um today october 1st i'm recording this and we have about two or three weeks until the NBA season actually starts So we started, and uh, I have some of those answers, so I'm going to go through uh, how our draft is going to kind of give you a sense of what the first and second rounds will look like if you're actually interested in diving in. Um, But uh, real quick, I just want to go over some stuff real quick. I mentioned Michael Porter Jr., and we'll get to him soon because he is a controversial figure in in my league. He signed a five-year, $172 million contract over the offseason with the Denver Nuggets, Unbelievable amount of money to spend on someone who is so obtuse and silly and ridiculous about getting COVID twice and refusing a vaccine and marching on as if hundreds of thousands of people are not dead. Uh, I will not get political on this podcast, but I will be very um, anti-vaxxer focused because if your player you're drafting, like a Bradley Beal or an Andrew Wiggins or a Kyrie Irving or a Michael Porter Jr., if they're anti vaxxers, they might miss games. They might get sick. They might not be able to walk into their practice facility. I mean, that's like a legitimate concern for reasons. So, this isn't just me trying to inject my progressive <laughs> uh, liberal policies into anything. I just, this is the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, if you're going to take these guys, you have to know the risk associated. Just like if. Christoph Spursingas is hurt. How many games is he missing? Can you project that? What's his injury history? Is Michael Porter Jr. going to contract COVID for a third time because he just refuses to do this more thing and put a mask on and get his J&J shot and be done with it? Um, but the Denver Nuggets, gave they rewarded him regardless. So he's getting paid $29.75 million in 2022. And then it, goes, it creeps up into the 30s. Beyond that, that's a lot of money. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him long-term and Jamal Murray coming off ACL, I want to say. Not an Achilles, ACL. Um, But right right now, this season, he's making 5.2, and he's one of the best deals in the league. So I think this is the real crux of why I think this league is interesting because there are no-brain first-round dudes you've been drafting for years that everyone takes for granted, and you don't think twice about taking them. Jokic, Giannis, Carl um, Anthony Towns, Lillard, you know LeBron, Anthony Davis, Durant, James Harden. All of those guys are not necessarily first-rounders in a salary cap league. It really is down to personal preference of whether you want to take the best man available and worry about your, your cap later, but then you will be really reaching for cheaper dudes to fill out your roster, as opposed to taking the best deal available early and taking guys who will not score as much fantasy-wise or put up, I guess, fantasy stats, um, and taking them early because you know that you have much more space to play with. You have much more money to play with later on, so you can take lesser guys making those really high salaries, um, and you can kind of worry about that later as opposed to, oh, I only have X amount, and I can only spend you know, Y amount on Z slots left, and that's that sucks. Um, and yes, this, does, this league does work with Uh, points leagues and it works with category leagues I have never personally liked category leagues or roto I like head to head and I like points I like making it like fantasy football because I'm simple and I'm stupid and I just want to see a number correlated to a guy how many raw stats did he put up can I turn that into a fantasy points per, per game number and then I can kind of expound on what their value is based on how much money they're being paid so In my salary draft, which my co-host, Jared Ross King, he's not here currently, um, he may or may not be striking. A certain famous Hollywood union uh, may or may not be striking, so uh, we'll get into that if he ever shows up up again. But uh, I took Michael Porter Jr. in my draft at first round. He was a first-round guy for me. Um, And we'll get into some other first-round guys. One of them is Luca. (sighs) I just want to give a shout-out. Rest in peace, Luca's rookie deal. Maybe the best rookie deal I have ever seen in salary cap leagues. I I really can't remember. Maybe Ben Simmons on his rookie deal. Um, I can't remember a guy who was this good making so little money. God, what an insane value. I've never actually had him in a salary cap league, and I'm very jealous. Because he's usually the number one pick. Um, God, he got paid 6.5, then 7.6, then 8, and this year 10. And he's... He's a top five player in the league. He's a top f- five or ten fantasy asset, depending on your rules. But he is, a, he is the, God, no brain, number one, just surefire hit in a salary cap league. You must take Luka first. He puts up too many good numbers. I don't care about turnovers. I don't care about shooting percentage. He's only getting paid $10 million. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Um, so rest in peace to that rookie deal. Uh, the best I've ever seen because starting next year, 2022, he'll be, oh, my God, $35.7 million. That's still a really good deal because he's not he's, he doesn't get into the $40 million until, like, 2025 or 6. Um, yeah, 2024, he's getting paid $41 million. Um, that's insane, but it's still worth it. He's still worth it. He's that good, and he, like, doesn't really miss time. Like, Durant and Harden miss time, and they're getting paid in the 40s. So they're not really first or second round guys. I am a Joe, in my humble opinion. Uh, Doing a podcast solo is hard. I don't know how Dan uh, Bespris does this. Hard to do. Let's talk about another guy. Actually, let's talk about a few guys that have not signed their extensions as of yet, I don't believe. I think they're still on their rookie deals. They they will get paid a lot of money. I don't know how much, but uh, whether or not you think they're going to be playing to get the big deal or whether they, they kind of already have in the bag and they're just kind of like waiting for the numbers to drop or the contract to drop through their agent or whatever. Uh, Deandre Ayton, he's getting paid 12 million, 12.6 this year. Um, I think of him as a second or third round guy in a salary cap league. I think when he gets way more money, um, you know, going into that club option, that restricted free agency, he gets that big deal. He will maybe not be as high of a draft pick, um, I'm more interested in the guys who actually legitimately might be playing for a contract. Um Colin Sexton, it's only making 6 million this year. God, he is so intriguing. I had him last year and I, would, I and he 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 kind of took a like a bump. And I'm waiting for him to take another step, like another explosion in like wow, most improved player kind of stuff. I think in salary cap leagues you're spear, you're spear fishing for rookie deals, actual rookies, and guys playing for a bigger contract. You're looking for dudes who are playing for legit money. So like a Dennis Schroeder, he wants a big fat deal. He's going to play his ass off in Boston. I hope I hope he starts. I hope he is a great value and you can snag him in the mid rounds for salary cap league. Because again, you're not paying him that much and he might be putting up good value and all salary cap leagues are: is how much am I paying you? What are you giving me? What is your production? What have you done for me lately? And you know, like, what's your value? That's ultimately what it is. And I think in other leagues, there's a lot of like talk about value and ADP. And I think in salary cap leagues, you might be able to get a lot of guys off the waiver wire. God, that is so loud, that motorcycle. You might be able to get a lot of really cheap guys off the waiver wire who play for the Rockets of the Thunder that happened last year. A lot of dudes making $1 million who just started games because those teams were tanking. You will find those dudes. You will pick them up. I remember Devontae Graham, the year he broke out, I picked him off the waiver wire, and he was making peanuts, and he was great, and he single-handedly saved my season. So you can pull that off at salary cap leagues, which I I find really interesting. Um, Obviously, now that's not unlike other leagues where you pick up dudes off the waiver wire and they become kind of like great, like Chris Boucher. But I think in this, it really, really matters when you're, you know, your later round picks are flyers, but then they don't work out and you have to drop them. And then you have to try to find cheap dudes who are good as opposed to just finding dudes who are good. Um, You're always looking for that that value. So Colin Sexton, fascinating because they brought in Ricky Rubio. So I don't even know like what they're going to do there. Another guy is Darius Garland. Um, people think he might be a, uh, a most improved candidate potential. I, I think the most improved player candidates every year are the guys you really want. Those are the quote-unquote sleepers. Like, I don't think anyone in their right mind figured that Julius Randle would have the season he did, but he wasn't getting paid that much money relative to his production and relative to other guys who were producing more or less the same, you know, production. Um But he turned out to be one of the best deals in the league. So if you picked him up like I did in the middle of the season and you were like, oh, wow, this is ingenious. I'm a genius. I picked up Julius Randle and he's like playing his way into the MVP conversation. He's like, you know, all team, all second team, I think this year or third. He's one of the best 15 players in the league. I'm a Knicks fan, I'm a homer, but he was legitimately one of the 15 best players in the league. Um, Played a ton of minutes, played a ton of games. His numbers shot up, and if you you know, took him, you took the chance on him, you were rewarded. You were only paying him $18, $19 million, and he's only being paid $21 million this year. He is a f- borderline first-round, if not second-round choice. Those are the guys you're looking for. And speaking of my Knicks, before I get into how our salary cap draft is actually going, to give you a good sense of who you should be looking at in the first two rounds, <sighs> RJ Barron. I've had R.J. Barrett on every single team in salary cap formats. Every chance I get, I take him. Now, obviously, I'm a huge Knicks fan. I'm expecting him to become the guy. I'm expecting him to live up to his potential. I'm expecting him to be the dude everyone thought would go number one overall when he was in high school or or before he went to Duke and then he played his way out of being number one overall because of Zion and John Moran. And then, of course, the ping-pong balls didn't go our way. I don't want to get into that. He's 21. He's making $8.6 million. Sneaky? In terms of, like, games played and minutes played? He, over the course of the season, scored more fantasy points than a lot of dudes, just based because they had injuries or just because of, of whatnot. So that per average game might look better on a lot of people, but R.J., it's just one of the best dudes like season long. Like he just like never really gets hurt. And I think he's getting better every year. And there's a lot of talk about him improving his game, improving his shot. Boy, I want that flip the switch. I want him to just bust out and explode and get like five to seven more points per game in fantasy than he did the the last two seasons. I I might take him again. I really want him to work out. I want him to be worth a max. Don't think if he just kind of does the same thing he's been doing, like I don't think he's max worthy, which is fine because if we can keep him and he's still good and we're not paying him a lot, that's great. Um, I could complain all day about the Knicks and how much money we gave Nerland's Noel because Mitchell Robinson is never on the court. And if he is, he's one of the best deals in, in basketball. He's only getting paid a million dollars and he's also playing uh, right up against free agency. We gave so much money to Evan Fournier. And that just makes me think that the Knicks just want to be the New Orlando Magic. Just a treadmill of mediocrity. Just so mediocre. And just playing your way into the bottom of the playoffs to just go nowhere. I want to be tanking to get the next Zion. I want to be tanking to get the next Lamella Ball. Or I want to be the Brooklyn Nets. I don't want to be in the middle. I don't want any franchise to be in the middle. Because then you're just the Indiana Pacers for the rest of your life. I don't want to be the Utah Jazz which spent all this money or the Denver Nuggets and have almost nothing to show for it other than one MVP award and one number one seed. Great. Lakers steamrolled them. Uh, Suns steamrolled them. So what I'm saying is I hope R.J. Barrett becomes the dude. I hope he breaks out. I still think he's a really good value. I think there's a number of players in that range. John Morant, rookie deal. He's really good. LaMelo Ball, obviously. I took him as a rookie got hurt, and I dropped him, and then he suddenly came back out of nowhere, and someone else picked him up, and then won our league. Surprise, surprise. Um, all right, let's get down to brass tacks. Our fantasy draft has started. We are 14 picks in, and uh, the guy going 15th overall, he's on a plane right now, so he will not be able to uh, submit his choice. But uh, I'm just going to go through some of these names. I'll go through some of these numbers, and I will go through, um, in our league, what they're average last season was and sort of like how how many points per millions of dollars that kind of correlates to we have like a formula that i came up with it's a secret secret formula uh that kind of basically puts out a number that says how how much of a good deal you are so number one obviously is luca he almost got to 40 fantasy points in our points league last year on average making 10 million dollars no brainer number two trey young also on his uh rookie deal making eight million dollars uh, not quite as good, but still easily one of the top twenty fantasy basketball players. Um, I could bring up an ESPN or Yahoo rankings. I could bring up hoop ball stuff. Uh, if Dan Bespris ever sends me all the all the good stuff, uh, then I could have even more resources at my disposal. But as of right now, I just kinda go off my points-leak numbers and just kinda you know, try to try to throw darts and, and hope you understand what I'm getting across. Uh, number three, Nikola Jokic. Uh one of the bigger contracts in the league, but not as much as a ton of dudes. Like, let me let me just go through this. Nikola Jokic put up the most fantasy points other than, I think, Giannis. Like, they were kind of one and two for points leagues, um, depending on how many points, you know, they get. Because I think ESPN does, like, four points for steals and blocks and two for assists, and it's very weird. Let me just take you through some of the players making more money than, than MVP Jokic right now. Steph Curry, obviously. Makes like fifteen million dollars more than Jokic. I rather have Jokic. James Harden, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. They all make more than forty million dollars. I would not take any of them in a salary cap league. I wouldn't. Um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, a little too little too pricey, a little too hurt. Giannis. He. I think he just went in our league. So he did, he was not a first round selection in the salary cap league. Wrap your mind around that. Clay, no. Sorry, Clay, you're making 37, but you're not going to be back until January. So no. Uh, Jimmy Butler, no, nope, too expensive. I know how good he was. He just didn't play enough and uh, he's not getting any younger. He's 36 million. Still more than the MVP. Tobias Harris, one of the most overplayed, overpaid, overrated players in the league. 30, almost thirty-six million. Jesus Christ! Why would why would Philly pay him that? That's an absurd. Don't pay max deals for guys who aren't max players. I'm sorry. They would not be in the brought there in if they could. If they, if he had a tradable contract, you could, like Simmons and him would be gone in a heartbeat. But whatever. Chris Middleton not worth thirty-five point five million. I'm sorry. Anthony Davis is borderline worth thirty-five million dollars this season, as long as he can stay healthy. Obviously, that's a huge caveat. If anyone can stay healthy, they're they're worth it. Um still making more than, than the MVP. Rudy Gobert. Nope. Kyrie Irving. I don't even know what planet he's on. Bradley Beal. He is only getting paid $34 thirty four million, thirty-four point five. I think he is borderline worth that money. But him not being vaccinated is such a huge red flag that I would stay away. Not taking Ben Simmons, he's getting paid thirty three. Not taking Pascal Siakam, he's getting paid thirty three. It's too much. This is too much money. Drew Holiday, no. Porzingis, no. Carl Anthony Towns is right about that. That's as much money as I'm willing to pay someone to put a fantasy value for me. He's making almost as much, I think like $100,000 more than Jokic, and so is Devin Booker. Those guys, that's where you're going to start going like, okay, I'll pay them that money. Not Andrew Wiggins, but Embiid if he's healthy, yeah. Lillard, Yes. Uh, Brandon Ingram, yes, but not uh, Jamal Murray. Or same price range, you know, uh, twenty-nine to thirty million dollars. Not D'Angelo Russell, not Gordon Hayward, not Chris Paul, not CJ McCollum, not Kevin Love. This is why this league is so interesting. You're not picking up those guys. You're not drafting them. And only in an emergency situation, in in case of emergency, would you break that glass to pay them that much money. Um, I'll tell you who's worth that money: Jason Tatum, Bam, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell. Those guys are worth that much money. I think they're that good. But uh, let's go back to the draft. So, Jokic went third. Zion went fourth. He's getting paid 10.7. He's obviously gift-wrapped as much money as a team can throw at him. That foot is so scary, though. That foot concerns me. And if he goes on IR, you're not going to find a guy for $10 million to replace him with that's as good. But you really do want cheap, good players. Speaking of good, cheap players... Uh Shay alexander went 5th overall. He's being paid 5 million. You want him and you want that contract. Uh DeMontis Sabonis went a little early, earlier than I thought. He's making 19.8, but he puts up some awesome numbers. I love him. That is a contract you want to be paying one of your first two round kind of players if you're into a more traditional style of like let me get some of the big names, you know, cuz they're just the best players. You want to pay some bonus that money. You want to pay Julius Randall 21. Um, he went 10th. That's where I drafted. Uh, number seven in our draft was Kevin Porter Jr. I thought he was a second or third round selection. Uh, someone in early thought he was a first round selection. He's making $1.7 million. That's one of the cheapest deals. And if he can live up to his potential, then that is a steal. He's one of the best values in the league if he can replicate what he did last year over the course of a season and improve. Obviously, he's going to have a healthy Christian Wood. He's going to have Jalen Green. He's going to have a lot more people around him. But man, if that hits, God, that is such, like, galaxy brain thinking. Um, Number eight in our league was Lamella Ball. Eight million. I don't think he quite puts up the same numbers that a Morant or a Michael Porter Jr. do. I think he's more of a second-round guy. I'm not sure he stuffs the stat sheet. I mean, he's only getting paid $8 million. So, I mean, eventually you want to take him. But when is the question? Because I feel like him and Anthony Edwards, who went 13th in our league, I feel like those are more second-round dudes. You want to pick up the really good contracts, the really good rookie deals. Maybe the second round. So I had the turn. I picked last, so I went Michael Porter Jr., He's only getting paid 5 and Julius Randle is getting paid 21 um, So, you know, I have two two of the better players in a points league um, who might not be a traditional first and second round in a points league, but in salary world, they are. So I'm, I'm sitting pretty. I'm not really... I haven't broke the bank yet, um, which is nice, because the guys who went after, I, I, I took the turn for the first, second round turn, back-to-back, uh, was John Morant, then Giannis, then Anthony Edwards, then Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid's is another dude. He's only getting paid $31 million, and he's one of the best players in the league. He was almost the MVP if he didn't get hurt. And if he stayed healthy the whole year, whoo, home run, home run selection. Um, those are the guys you want. Those are the players you want. You want to be looking at how much they're being paid, and you really want to evaluate whether or not you want to take some of these dudes. Um, I know it is muscle memory to take a Durant or a Harden or a LeBron. But not when you are looking at luxury tax. Not when you're looking at the ramifications of your actions. When you have to be looking at every penny you're spending. So definitely consider that. Definitely think about your strategy. Whether you want to go cheap early. Um, whether you're okay playing the waiver wire and picking up cheap dudes, and you just want to go, you know, best player available. And uh, and yeah. And I think the the other thing is that. Nailing a rookie picking up a Tyrese Halliburton off the waiver wire and being like, holy smokes, I'm only paying him nothing, I'm paying him $4 million and he's really good that's the kind of stuff that wins you leagues Um, if if you take Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham and they happen to be surefire awesome bets and you're paying them not a lot and they work out you might have won your league. If they're rookies and they get hurt, that sucks. But that's the risk you have to take in a salary cap league. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. playing for a contract nine million is cheap. It's real good. Can he ever stay on the court? No. Would you rather take Wendell Carter Jr. for six point nine? Maybe. Would I like to take Mitchell Robinson for one point eight? and hope he stays on the court and becomes the starting center that he should be. Maybe I want to take Robert Williams III, only making $3 million. There are A lot of guys making real, real, real cheap salaries. Relatively speaking, obviously, a million dollars is more money than I'll ever make in my lifetime. I'll ever see. But these are the things you have to consider. These are the things you have to consider. I know Jonas Valanciunas is a better fantasy asset than a Rashawn Holmes, depending on your league and, and points leagues he is. But he makes more money than Rashawn Holmes. Mmm. Maybe his new situation might be detrimental to his game. Whereas Sacramento might be shipping out a lot of dudes. And Rashawn Holmes might just be there to eat up all those delicious minutes and all those delicious rebounds. Who knows? Who knows? So, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be the first or second or third podcast that goes out to the world. Uh, Hopefully this is helpful as a helpful guide to your salary cap draft not auction draft salary cap league Uh, thank you for listening the dozens of you out there who are interested and actually do this Um, hit me up on Twitter at Jared Russo J-A-R-E-D-R-U-S-S-O for any sort of advice or just a hey I listened, thanks this was good or hey you suck here are some some tips I'd appreciate that Uh, maybe not living in a neighborhood that is so loud and noisy but then again where in New York can I move that isn't loud and noisy I kind of like Loud and noisy. I kind of, I kind of prefer the city sounds. I'm a city guy. I'm a New Yorker. I drink coffee. God, I lost my accent. That's what happens when you go into communications, ladies and gentlemen. You have to get rid of your accent, your accent. Uh, so thank you again to Hoopball. Thank you again to Dan Besper's. Who, by the way, give me, give me that uh, that premium stuff behind the scenes, so I can help my listeners out with advice. That'd be great. I could, I can maybe give him a a few drops. You know, a, little, a few little little drip drops of the of the B-150 you don't give it away but just, just some drops here and there some you know pick out some some interesting tidbits and nuggets uh, maybe cherry drop some projections game played games played god I I, I actually won't really want games played that actually is a really really valuable thing because uh, our league is doing a a season long most points scored and we're not doing fantasy playoffs anymore because uh, of some weird controversial stuff that happened with fire sales last season but we're not going to talk about that now if uh, you want to get into the weird drama of my league that has been going on since, like, Uh God, there's so many stories, but we're here to help you. We're here to talk about contracts. We're here to talk about deals, the art of the deal. No, not that book. Uh, fantasy, NBA, basketball, contracts and values. That's what we're here to talk about. So thank you for listening. This long-winded ending will end now. Thank you, and goodbye.